This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Class of 2019, have you been waiting for this day? So have your families. This is an amazing day. So have the faculty, and so have all of us. This is the day we all look forward to. So please, class of 2019, one more time, give it to them. So joining me on this platform this morning are California Speaker Emeritus and UC Board of Regents Chair-elect John Perez. UC Regents Maria Anguana, Richard Lieb, and Charlene Zettel. Thank you for being here. UC San Diego trustees, cabinet members, deans, provosts, and esteemed faculty, members of the classes of 1969 and 1994, celebrating their 50th and 25th anniversaries, respectively. Please, one more hand for them. And our distinguished commencement speaker, former U.S. Secretary of State, Dr. Madeleine Albright, please. We are so fortunate that Dr. Albright accepted our invitation to be, with her, to be here with us today. Her commitment to dialogue, collaboration, diplomacy, and most important, service so closely aligns with our university's vision. Recognized as one of the top 15 universities in the world, UC Saint, thank you. Thank you. For your university, your alma mater, one more time. Thank you. UC San Diego is recognized as a student-centered, research-focused, service-oriented public university. And each one of these eight words is extremely important in our definition of who we are. From the birth of our experimental campus, we made a commitment, a commitment to exploration and a commitment to discovery outside the norm. We made a commitment to move theory into practice and back again in a symbiotic relationship. We made a commitment to challenge our students, our faculty, and our researchers to look deeper at the world around them. And we made a commitment to be inclusive, to be diverse, and to be equity-minded. And we made a commitment to collaborate with knowledge builders inside and outside the institution in order to solve society's most pressing issues. So each year, when I see our students graduate, I'm reminded of what makes UC San Diego so unique. Where else can a microbiologist from Scripps Oceanography and a physician from the School of Medicine work together to create a medical treatment from a newly discovered microorganism? Only at UC San Diego and nowhere else. When I say that, you've got to applaud. Thank you. Okay. Let's try this again. Where else can those same individuals then collaborate with an engineer from the Jacobs School of Engineering and a physicist from the Department of Physics to test potential outcomes. Only at UC San Diego, nowhere else. Where else can they receive assistance from a data scientist at the Halajulu Data Science Institute and leverage the power of San Diego Supercomputing Center? 
only at UC San Diego, nowhere else. And where else can they work with scientists from the SCAD School of Pharmacy and doctors from UC San Diego Health to test treatments and clinical trials? Only at UC San Diego and nowhere else. So this is just one example of the power of UC San Diego's focus on multidisciplinary collaboration. For our students, we have broken down the walls between schools, between departments, and between disciplines. We have broken down the barriers to knowledge creation. We have broken down ivory tower concepts to build broad avenues for new learning for everyone, and I mean everyone. Our students have access to our top-ranked Division of Arts and Humanities, our School of Global Policy and Strategy, and our Reedy School of Management, just to name a few. Yes, one more time, great schools. So the courses and tracks available to them are designed to mold well-rounded, critical thinkers into multicultural, multilingual, multifaceted global citizens. And that's precisely who you are, class of 2019. And that's what you will become. So today, we celebrate you and your accomplishment. Congratulations one more time, class of 2019. UC San Diego is committed to supporting our planet through cutting-edge collaborative research and propagation of equality, diversity, and inclusion. These are our core values that align with the work of our distinguished speaker today. From an early age, Madeleine K. Albright was steeped in all matters of state and diplomacy. Born in Prague, her father was a Czech diplomat. The family fled their homeland when the Nazis invaded in 1939 and again fled after the communist coup in 1948. They migrated to the U.S. and eventually settled in Denver, Colorado. Albright attended Wellesley, School, sorry, Wellesley College in Massachusetts on a full scholarship and majored in political science. While at Wellesley, she made the important decision to become a naturalized U.S. citizen. And after college, Dr. Albright worked in the newspaper industry, married, had three children, and continued her studies. She eventually earned her master's MA and PhD degrees from Columbia University's Department of Public Law and Government. Dr. Albright received her career break in 1978. She was recruited to work in the West Wing of the White House as the National Security Council's congressional liaison. She then served a major foreign policy advisor, briefing vice presidential candidate Geraldine Ferraro in 1984 and presidential candidate Michael Dukakis in 1988. From 93 to 97, she served as a, as a U.S. permanent representative to the United Nations and was a member of Bill Clinton's cabinet. And in 1997, she made history as the first woman to be named U.S. Secretary of State. As the nation's highest diplomat, she reinforced America's alliances, advocated for democracy and human rights, and promoted American trade, business, labor, and environmental standards abroad. She helped bring peace to the Balkans and paved the way for progress in some of the most unstable corners of the world. Following her tenure as Secretary of State, Czech President spoke, spoke openly about Albright succeeding him as President of Czech Republic. Reportedly flattered, she denied ever seriously considering the possibility of running for office in her country of origin. In 2012, President Obama awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, our nation's highest civilian honor for her work as a tireless champion of democracy. So thank you. 
So today, Dr. Albright is a professor in the practice of diplomacy at Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. She chairs the National Democratic Institute for International Affairs and serves as president of the Truman Scholarship Foundation. In, in her spare time, she writes books, many books. She's the author of six New York Times bestsellers. bestsellers. And she recently concluded a 10-city U.S. tour to promote her latest book, Fascism, A Warning, which debuted last year as number one in the New York Times, New York Times bestseller list. So please welcome Dr. Albright. And, and it's my great honor now to give her the UC San Diego Medal, which is the highest honor given by this university in recognition of significant life accomplishments. First given in 19, 1987, it's been given only 13 times till today. So, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Chancellor Kozla, UC Regents, distinguished faculty and trustees, honored guests, members of the class of 2019, good morning. I want to begin by thanking you very much for the medal, which I will cherish, and thank you as well for inviting me to share with you this very exciting day. Even if I'm merely a warm-up act for your remarkable student speaker, Michaela Jules. Uh, it's uh, not every day that I speak to such a large audience, or in a setting such as this, I actually feel as though I should have brought a guitar or a soccer ball. But as a professor and the mother of three college graduates, I, I have to confess that I love graduations. It's a day for parents to marvel at just how short the interval is between diapers and diplomas. And for graduates, it's the payoff for all the exams, the hard work, and the late nights in that spaceship known as Gazelle Library. I, I know that uh, many of you are experiencing mixed emotions, and for those who are sad to be leaving this beautiful campus, I would offer you this quote attributed to a beloved member of this community, your library's namesake, Dr. Seuss, and I quote, don't cry because it's over, smile because it's happened. This is a time to celebrate, for graduation is truly one of the five great milestones of life the others being birth, death, marriage, and the day you finally pay off your student loans. <laughs> I feel particularly privileged to participate in a commencement at this university, one of the most dynamic and fast-growing on the West Coast. You can now applaud. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Driving as I did yesterday, you cannot miss the major transformation taking place. Clearly, UC San Diego is focused on the future, and this is reflected in the courses you offer, the students you attract, 
the exchanges you conduct, and the values of tolerance, mutual respect, and social mobility with which you are identified. You've been among our nation's leaders in equipping students with expertise in cutting-edge technology. You are justifiably proud of the fact that four in every 10 students is the first in their family to attend college, and you also have one of our country's finest international relations programs. This outward and upward orientation is vital because the class of 2019 will live global lives. You will compete in a global workplace, shop in a global marketplace, and travel further and more often than any prior generation. Of course, the world was a lot different when I was in college, which was about halfway between the invention of the iPad and the discovery of fire. <laughs> uh, back then, I had one basic ambition, and this was to be accepted. As an immigrant, I didn't want to stand out. I wanted to fit in. Fortunately, in the 1950s, conformity was encouraged. Uh, I attended Wellesley at a time when we were all expected to become young ladies. When we enrolled, enrolled we each had to pose for what they called a posture picture to see whether we had, and I quote, an understanding of good body alignment and the ability to stand well. The thing is that we were not allowed to wear any clothing above the waist. And they actually graded the pictures, and if we flunked, they made us do exercises. We always wondered what happened to all those pictures. Until some years ago, they were discovered in a vault at Yale. Uh, <clears throat> while attending Wellesley, I learned much that I have since forgotten about European philosophers, classical authors, and dissected frogs. But I also learned a lot about myself, that I wanted to use the knowledge I had acquired for something more meaningful than just table conversation. I wanted to test, not simply accept the limits and boundaries of the life I was preparing to lead. And I wanted to give something back to this country that had given so much to me. I suspect the same is true for you and your experiences here at San Diego, UC San Diego. You've learned a lot about the world outside of you, but you've learned a lot about what is inside you as well. And this is important because from this day forward, you will have to rely not on grades or guidance from professors to tell you how you're doing or where you stand. You will have to rely instead on an inner compass. And whether that compass is true will determine whether you become a drifter who's blown about by every breeze or a doer determined to chart your own course and unafraid when necessary to set sail against the strongest wind. And as I look around this morning at the class of 2019, I have to tell you that I see that you are all doers. Which is good because in the years to come, there will be much for you to do, both here at home and overseas. At home, America's great challenge will be to retain a sense of community and common purpose. As today's graduates reflect, we are a diverse people. When I was little, my father was the Czechoslovak ambassador to Yugoslavia, and I was the little girl in the national costume that gave flowers at the airport. That's what I did for a living. So I grew up highly conscious of ethnic distinctions, and I learned the history of Czechoslovak nation 
that had maintained its cohesion despite three centuries of foreign domination. We're all proud of the distinctions that give us our separate identities and loyal to the groups to which we belong. This kind of solidarity is a means of honoring ancestors and a way to inspire the young. It makes us feel less alone and helps us to find for ourselves a unique place in a crowd. But there's also a danger because when pride in us curdles into hatred of them, the American tapestry unravels and the social fabric is torn. The result may be a shooting at a synagogue in Poway, only 20 miles from here, or attacks against members of the LGBTQ community at a nightclub in Orlando. It may be the surge in racism, Islamophobia, and xenophobia, or the near-constant terror of shootings in American classrooms. We're blessed to live in a country whose very identity and purpose are wedded to respect for humanity. But sometimes we have to ask, after all the tragedies we've seen, after all the times and have said never again, what will it take for us to realize that however important the differences that distinguish us may be, they're nothing compared to that common humanity that binds us. And we are wedded to that respect and all who comprise it. And that's why this university's commitment to attracting and supporting students of all backgrounds, including military veterans and underrepresented minorities, should be commended always and often. No matter our race or creed, we are all equal shareholders in the American dream. And living up to that principle and valuing fairly the contributions of each other is what UC San Diego's principles of community are all about. And it's the great test our nation must pass in the 21st century. Around the world, we will face other tests, the outcome of which is equally uncertain. 30 years ago this November, the Berlin Wall fell down. Americans celebrated, but we also knew that the world might become more rather than less dangerous as a result. In the years that followed, that fear was validated by the revival of ethnic strife, the increased destructiveness of international terror, the spread of advanced weapons technology, and the emergence of leaders whose slogans echo the siren song of fascism. Meanwhile, the information revolution created a new linkage among events that is both instantaneous and global. And as a result, what happens anywhere now matters everywhere, often very soon. Still, there are many in Washington and around the country who think of our country as an island. They believe we are unaffected by events across the far side of the sea and that we can build walls to keep problems at bay. They refuse to accept that America's interests are linked to the security and prosperities of neighbors, allies, and friends. And they do not understand that our global leadership carries with it both tangible benefits and enormous responsibilities. We have long passed the time in our history when we could count on the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans to guarantee our security when we could protect our interests by maintaining a few key relationships, principally in Europe, and when we could safely take a reactive approach to most events in most places most of the time. Our era demands a dynamic approach that recognizes the global nature of our interests, 
adapts to the emergence of powerful new players on the world stage, and recognizes the fact that we face a slew of challenges from climate change to terrorism to migration that cannot be addressed without cooperation among countries. While there are some communities across the country who may be able to ignore these realities, San Diego is not one of them. You are home to some of the largest military installations in the country, with thousands of sailors and Marines stationed here, many of them preparing to deploy on the missions across the Pacific. Your future depends on the expansion of commerce in fast-growing regions of the world, such as Asia, and yet that future is threatened by the prospect of economic and military conflict, whether in the South China Sea or the Strait of Hormuz. You're also only a dozen miles from our southern border, where there is a humanitarian crisis made far worse by the indifference of this administration to the desperate plight of migrants from Central America. On these challenges and others, I am going to interrupt myself to do my immigrant moment which is um, one of the things I love to do is to give naturalization certificates to new uh, citizens. And the first time I did it was July 4th, 2000 at Monticello, uh, Jefferson's home. Since I had his job, I thought I could do that. So I gave this man his naturalization certificate, and as he's walking away, he says, can you believe it? I'm a refugee, and I have just gotten my naturalization certificate from the Secretary of State. And so I went after him and I said, can you believe that a refugee is Secretary of State? That is why we need to care. Um, thank you. On, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, on these challenges and others, your generation faces a moment of choice. Will we treat foreign policy as a dog-eat-dog struggle in which no one gains except at another's cost? Or will we carry the banner for international cooperation? Will we honor the principles upon which our freedom is based? Or will we try to seal ourselves off from the ailments of the world? Here at UC San Diego, institutions such as the School of Global Policy and Strategy, with its emphasis on Asia, and the Americas are equipping you to be active participants in shaping a better world and building a true Pacific community. In that effort, no bilateral relationship will matter more than the one between the world's two largest economies, the United States and China. But as many of you prepare to enter or re-enter the workforce, our countries are in the midst of an active trade war and at the beginning of a much more significant technology standoff. There are also heightened tensions over a whole host of security and human rights issues. Having studied and worked on U.S.-China relations for more than 40 years, I am well aware of the complexities of this relationship and its evolution from constructive engagement to strategic competition. But I also believe that the benefits which the United States, China, and the world together have reaped our two countries' uh, work to build this relationship for the past 40 years outweigh the challenges we face today in managing it. We have to make this relationship work, even if the nature of it continues to change. 
This doesn't mean that we will always agree, because we won't. It doesn't mean that we should retreat from basic principles or abandon cherished values, because we shouldn't. It does mean that we should try to build and act upon a positive vision for the United States in Asia. We should endeavor to reduce, manage, and stabilize areas of friction, and to identify as many possibilities for productive collaboration as we can. To that end, our leaders are more likely to act wisely if the American and Chinese people continue to learn about each other, communicate with each other, and study with one another. And that is why international education is so important. And that's why I applaud UC San Diego for welcoming students from China and so many other countries to the United States while encouraging its students to study abroad around the world. The writer H.G. Wells concluded years ago that history is a race between education and catastrophe. I would amend and say that history is a race between catastrophe and the right kind of education. And in the arena of world affairs, the right kind of education is one that reminds us of the dangers of defining our interests too narrowly. Today, America has an interest in the stability and well-being of all Asia and Latin America and Africa and Europe, and that's why we sometimes get involved in places that are far away from our shores. When I was Secretary of State, we were criticized for that. People would ask, why do you care about peace and democracy in places like East Timor and Haiti, Sierra Leone and Mozambique? Aren't these countries too small and too poor to affect the United States? And after all, they don't have missiles that can attack us or oil they can sell us or markets that can enrich us. And I would say, you are asking the wrong questions. Earlier this week, I was honored to travel to Pristina, Kosovo, to commemorate the 20th anniversary of NATO's mission to halt ethnic cleansing there. I will never forget walking down the streets as thousands waved American flags and said, USA, USA, and shouted, God bless America. We had the opportunity 20 years ago to make a difference in Kosovo, and I'm proud that we did. And my only regret is that we not, did not do more earlier to stop the war in Bosnia and halt genocide in Rwanda. Today, America should be unafraid to exercise leadership and support of peace in defense of liberty and further justice. But we must at the same time realize that we can rarely succeed simply by going it alone. Americans don't like the word multilateralism. It has too many syllables and it ends in an ism. But it basically means that we work with others and that we want to we work with those and heed our views and follow our lead. We have to listen to the concerns of others. We must listen to allies who ask us to engage with our adversaries through diplomacy rather than beating the drums of war. We must listen to scientists who say that climate change is real and a grave threat to our future. Those who believe that conservation is a national security imperative, not a four-letter word. And we must listen to those who argue that globalization should not lead to so many people feeling left behind. In my life, I have had the good fortune to travel almost everywhere. And I have found that there are essentially three categories of countries in the world. 
In the first, people work all day and still don't have enough to eat. In the second, families are able to scrape together just enough food to meet their basic needs. In the third category of countries, diet books are bestsellers. Confronted with this hard truth, some people simply shrug their shoulders and say it's too bad, but there isn't anything that anyone can do about it. I say such unfairness is intolerable, and we each have a responsibility to change it. There was a time... There was a time when we could say that we didn't know enough or didn't have the resources, but today there can be no doubt that if we only would so choose, we could produce enough food, build enough shelter, deliver enough medicine, and share enough knowledge to allow people everywhere to live better and more productive lives. To the class of 2019, let me say that I don't intend this morning to put the weight of the shoulders, uh, all of it, on your shoulders. That will always be your parents' job. But I do hope that each of you will use the knowledge gained here at this university to be more than a consumer of liberty, but also a defender and an enricher of it, employing your talents to heal, help, and teach. You don't have to travel halfway around to do that. You can and should start right in this community. And all you have benefited by the presence here in San Diego of so many people from so many different corners of the earth. I hope you will use that experience to be doers, not drifters, and that you will choose to live life boldly with largeness of spirit and generosity of heart. It is said that all work that is worth doing is done in faith. This morning, at this ceremony of celebration and anticipation, I hope you will each embrace the faith that every challenge surmounted by your energy, every problem solved by your wisdom, every soul awakened by your passion, and every barrier to justice brought down by your determination will ennoble your own lives, inspire others, and explode outward the boundaries of what is achievable on this earth. So to the class of 2019, I say again, congratulations, and thank you so much for making me a part of your family. Congratulations to all of you. One more time, the UC San Diego way for Dr. Albright. Okay, and now for the student speaker. Since childhood, our student speaker Michaela Jules has been fascinated by the human mind. A childhood living with her mother's severe mental illness exposed her to the perils, stigma, and ambiguity that accompany misunderstandings about mental health. The personal experience with her mother's illness seeded a determination to be an advocate for those afflicted. Michaela enrolled at UC San Diego as a physiology and neuroscience major with a minor in psychology. She joined Professor Pamela Ranagil's neurobiology lab, conducted her own project on the effects of mental health on decision-making, and received a Liddell Family Research Scholarship for Science and Engineering. 
Her work was published in the Saltman Quarterly in 2018. Through her studies, though, through her studies at UC San Diego, Michaela learned valuable lessons, lessons about herself as well. Growing up as a self-defined tomboy and athlete, Michaela encountered gender discrimination that led, to her, that led to question her abilities. By overcoming those insecurities, she was able to continue her love of sports at UC San Diego as a lacrosse captain, MVP, and an All-American Award winner. Thank you. And inspired to provide the reassurance to break from gender norms that was missing in her own childhood, Michaela coordinated Girls Academy with a sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma. The two-day service event at the Proy School UC San Diego empowered low-income middle-aged school girls who strive to become the first in their families to graduate from college with information about body positivity, social media, bullying, women in STEM, leadership, and service. And up next for Michaela is medical school. But first, she wants to finish writing a book detailing the lessons she learned during her childhood while helping to manage her mother's mental illness. By bringing attention to the inadequate treatment of the mentally ill, Michaela wants to wants to call to action physicians, researchers, social workers, and everyday people to make a positive change in the attitudes towards mental health and its treatment. Graduates, it's my pleasure to introduce to you one of your very own, your student speaker, Michaela Jules, please. Hello, class of 2019. <laughs> wow, this is incredible to stand here before you. I cannot believe I get to share a stage with the first female Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright. It's truly unbelievable, and I'm so honored to be here today. And I also really hope someone got a picture of that. Dad? Dad, you out there, right? Oh, he's right there. Dad, you got one, right? Okay, cool. You know, as well as I, that sitting here at the UC San Diego class of 2019 graduation comes with much hard work, sacrifice, and dedication. I stand before some of the most incredible and inspiring people I have ever met. And while my diploma may say, Michaela Jules, it certainly isn't the product of just myself. Along the way, there have been so many, if not tons of people, who have helped me get where I am today. And even one raccoon in six college who spared my life on the way home from a late night geisel session. These people come from all walks of life. From the lovely ladies of Kappa Kappa Gamma, to the volunteers at Flying Sam's. <laughs> it's a small club. <laughs> to my teammates on the UCSD lacrosse team. And most importantly, sorry, I messed up. And to the several students who saw me cry after my first OCHEM midterm and pretended not to notice, thank you. <laughs> and most importantly, I thank the class of 2019. You are my inspiration, my support, my friends, my fellow classmates, my teammates, and my fellow Tritons.
I want to do an exercise to show how none of us would be here today without one another. Please raise your hand if any of the following statements apply to you. Raise your hand if someone at UCSD opened a door for you or lent you a blue book before an exam. Wow. <laughs> raise your hand if the UCSD memes page got you through finals week. <laughs> raise your hand if a professor at UCSD inspired you. Raise your hand if someone at UCSD got you through a very difficult time in your life. Raise your hand if your very best friend is here today. Yes. <laughs> I want you to raise your hand if you wouldn't be who you are today without someone you met at UC San Diego. Last one. I know your arms are sore. <laughs> Raise your hand if you are proud to be here today with the class of 2019. Now, I know that in our society, it can feel like every person is for themselves, like everyone is out to get you, and that success is only a measure of comparison. But you are all living proof that this is a lie, that we are truly all in this together, that in fact, all of our successes and achievements are not born in isolation, but bred in collectivism and support. That all of us can thank someone in the crowd for where we are today. I know I thank you, class of 2019. <laughs> I wanna share a personal story about what this message means to me and how I most definitely wouldn't be where I am today without all of you. As you might be able to relate, your college plan might not have gone the way that you planned. You might have changed majors, gotten food poisoning from pines, <laughs> been verbally attacked by a feminism is cancer guy on Library Walk, got kicked out of Sun God more than once, oops, debated dropping out, or even had an existential crisis. <laughs> I'll tell you that my path in college was nothing like the one I had planned, and I mean that in the most serious of ways. I was heading into work just like any other day, and since I said any other day, you know something bad is about to happen. The elevator had just opened when I heard the news that my mother had passed away. It was completely unexpected, completely devastating, and totally heartbreaking. I had plans to do research the entire summer, plans to take the MCAT in three weeks' time, plans to see her in just one week, plans for my mom to be here today at this graduation. My life had turned upside down in a single phone call. I thought to myself, how can I go on? How can I finish this year and what will I do? Luckily, I was not alone. I had family, I had friends, many of whom are in this crowd today who assured me that I was never alone. With little money to pay for my mother's memorial, I started a GoFundMe page. In two days, I reached $2,000. Four days later, 
5,000. Two weeks time, over $10,000 to go towards my mom's memorial in honoring her life and helping my family. I was sent love letters from my team and gift baskets from friends. And most importantly, I was given the love and support that's needed when you lose someone that can never be replaced. And while losing a mother is something that can never fully be mended, it was truly a blessing to be surrounded by people like those sitting right next to you who cared enough to make a difference in my life. Maybe you don't have a story as drastic as mine, but I know that I saw each and every single one of you raise your hands at least once. And that means each of you made a difference to someone here today. Class of 2019, I know that these years comes with so many accomplishments and obstacles, but no matter what you faced, you made it here today. You overcame everything in your way to be here, and we all did it together. I present to you the class of 2019. UC San Diego class of 2019, please rise for the conferral of your degrees. So before I take you to the moment you've been here for, I have one more favor to ask you. In front of you are your faculty, behind you are your families and parents. Please, one more time, say a big thank you, give them a big hand. And for granting me that favor, I'm going to grant you a favor. Upon the recommendations of the provost of our six undergraduate colleges and the faculty of the University of California, San Diego, and by virtue of the authority vested in me by the regents and the president of the University of California, I confer upon you the bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees to which you're entitled with all of the honors, recognitions, responsibilities pertaining thereto. Congratulations, class of 2019. I am so proud of you. We are so proud of you. Please be seated. So today, you realize your dream of having graduated. Today, we realize the dream of you going out into the world to make it a better place. Recognize your accomplishment and use this success to take you forward to your next goal, your next dream, whatever that may be. And speaking of dreams, I'm certain today is a dream come true for many of those who have supported you all along the way. Your family, your friends, your mentors, your professors, and even your peers sitting with you now as your student speaker outlined, somebody along the line Somewhere along the line, you were helped by somebody at UC San Diego. So one more time, just give them a big applause, everybody. (laughs) 
And as you go forward in your careers, my request to you is look deeper. Look deeper at the world around you. Push boundaries, question convention. Listen to detractors. Yes, listen to detractors. And collaborate to drive innovation and help solve societal issues. Lean upon your education, lean upon your training, and always know you have access to the resources here at your alma mater. Feel free to call us. We would love to hear from you. Yes, I mean that seriously. And through your hard work and service, you also forge bonds with each other and with our campus. Nurture and maintain these bonds, maintain these relationships long after graduation. And today, you're graduating from one of the best institutions in the world, and you're joining our esteemed Triton alumni family, nearly 200,000 strong across the globe. Class of 1969 and 1994, and all of, all of our alumni, please stand so our graduates can see you. Where are class of 1969? Where are you? There you are, back there, right there. And now, let's welcome our new graduates into our Triton family. Please. Remember, you have been and will continue to be an important part of UC San Diego. We hope you stay connected, and we hope you return often. And now there's only one more task left before you actually really, really graduate. And that's for me to invite your student speaker, Michaela, back to the stage for turning on the tassels. Michaela Jules. Are we excited? So, as you might have guessed, UC San Diego has meant a lot to me. I know I speak for myself as well as the institution when I say thank you to all the graduating seniors who have made their contribution to the senior class gift of 2019. If you have not done so yet, please consider joining your fellow Tritons in showing what the school has meant to you, embodying the philanthropic spirit of our campus and having a direct and lasting impact on our community for the years to come. With that, I would now like to proceed with great honor into the turning of the tassel for the graduating class of 2019 at UC San Diego. Congratulations. And that brings us to the end of this ceremony, but the beginning of your journey on your own, with your families, and with UC San Diego. Congratulations, class of 2019. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.